everybody, welcome to Full Metal Pod. I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy. And today we are going to be doing episode 28. But first, Jimmy, how was your past week? Uh, my past week, uh, it was very chill. I'm kind of moving stuff, some stuff around the house. Uh, I'm trying to move a bookcase into uh, my room out of my living area just because I... I, w- I have everything on my desk. I kind of want to move everything off my desk. So I know it's kind of boring, but you know, moving a bookcase, that's the excitement that's uh, in my life these days. I mean, it's better than having terrible stuff happen. My brain is my, like my brain and body are about to just like fall apart because of all the stress around moving. But if I can just make it past this week, I'll be fine. Yeah, you're moving more than just a bookcase. Yep, moving to a whole new location, moving to a house, or, well, condo, which I guess is technically a house. You own it, so. But yeah, been doing that move, and that's just been crazy, trying to get everything together and planned and packed and coordinated, and yeah, it's just been, it's been fun. And then getting furniture shipped over, and because I'm, I'm moving to a large, like, I've been living in a like a shoe box for the past few years it feels like and now so that i'm moving to a somewhat larger place i'm like okay finally i can get some like actual furniture so now i'm now i just ordered it and now i'm just like watching it get delivered or making sure it all gets there on time and then have my actual stuff move and yeah it's gonna be fun your dog must be uh loving this so you're gonna have more space right yeah, we're also going to have like a little yard area too, so she's going to love it. So yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. Are you going to be able to like grow anything? Are you going to like plant something or have like a plant? I mean, I imagine I could. I'm going to have to check with HOA rules, but I'm 90% sure I'll be able to. So I don't know if like people remember at the beginning of this podcast, I was trying to grow some mango seeds and some mango trees. Which failed. All my seeds, some sprouted and then they died. I don't know what happened. But I uh, saw advertisement on Instagram. It's for succulents. And they mail you two succulents a month. So I've been getting some succulents in the mail. And I've just put them in one pot. So I'm hoping like that's my thing. Like That's my plant that will grow succulents yeah i hear succulents are like hard to kill and they grow pretty well and everything so i've thought about doing that because like flowers and whatnot seem like they're too much of a too much work my thing is i want plants in um kind of where i work and i'm on the computer because i feel like i'm like there's a lot of carbon i i don't know i'm breathing out a lot i want some plants in here like Freshen, freshen my air up. So I want, I want to put some more plants in my room. They say it's like good for you to have plants in your room, so that's that's positive. Like, I've never had them myself, so that's why I'm, I'm thinking about doing it too. Like flowers, or I don't know something like a palm tree. I don't know, but that yeah, I hear that like it's supposedly good for your emotional health or mental health or whatever i would love to grow a small fruit tree in my place like an indoor fruit tree i don't know if those exist but if they do i would like one 
I don't know. If they if mangoes can grow in inside, let me let me know someone because I I want to do that. I'd imagine you could, but you'd probably have to buy like a bunch of gear to to like create the proper environment. That that's my guess. I'm not by any means an expert on the area, but if I had to guess, I'd say that'd be the case. If that is the case, maybe we should be working on like breeding a a low light indoor fruit tree i don't know um who i need to talk to you or uh what um kickstarter person i need to donate to you but if someone knows point me into that direction i'm willing to throw some money at that oh that might be fun oh i'm sorry i was just looking trying to remember what i was watching this weekend so like i, I was so busy on friday that when uh when like I was so busy on Friday and Saturday, rather, with, like, moving and meeting vendors. Well, preparing to move and meeting vendors for, like, you know, packaging up stuff or uh, for painting my place and all that jazz and cleaning it up for prior to move. But I was just, like, on Sunday, I was like, you know what? I just don't want to do anything. And so I was watching TV. And what I wound up watching, I guess I'm just, like, on this nostalgia binge. And I feel like all the... All the streaming services know it. So, like, this time I was watching the PJs, which, for those of you who don't remember, it was, like, a 90... It was, like, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, clay animation, stop-motion, uh, I guess, sitcom or adult animated series uh, made by Eddie Murphy. And it was, like, about, you know, this, this, this community that lives in the projects and... I, so I always thought it was New York City, but I was reading something on Wikipedia that said it was actually modeled after Chicago. But yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun show. But then it's also nice to like, like some of the jokes are definitely from that time period. So it's kind of funny to watch those jokes as well, or listen to the jokes because you know they'll they'll be about like. I, I I'm trying to remember some of them right now, but it'll be like Mary J. Blige, or it'll be about OJ, or things that were like relevant in in early 2000s. That I think like if a kid who was born in say like 2002 started watching the show, they'd have no idea what was going on. I remember the PJs, and I I love clay animation stuff, so that's kind of right up my alley. Uh, was that a Fox show originally? I think so, because there are some subtle jokes that I've noticed, like, on Fox shows and on PJs, like, or on other Fox shows. So, like, in, I know, I remember distinctly in Futurama, there's an episode where they go to New New York, and they have to climb into the sewers to get there, and then when they get to the sewer, and they lift it, the sewer, like, the, uh manhole cover says the pjs on it and that's kind of the intro to the pjs is that the manhole cover with with thurgood the main character's head rolls on top of the uh on top of the manhole and there you go uh and so that was kind of funny but then in uh the pjs i actually noticed and it was one of those blink and you'll miss it kind of moments but there's a episode where you know he's eating cereal and he pours milk on the cereal and if you look on the carton of milk there is a uh, like a, one of those missing persons thing, but it's Fry from Futurama, which you know, being early two thousands, would check out because that's when he would go missing. So it's they're kind of in the same universe, it seems like. So then the whole like there's this whole 
Fox animated shared universe. I I don't know. I don't know if Marvel has uh, rewired my mind that I I want more shared universes. I feel like there was. I I don't think man. Now I can't even remember before Marvel was a thing, but Marvel wasn't the first place to do a shared universe thing. Um, I think at their scale they were, but I don't think they were the first ones ever to do one. But well, I mean, even before then, you know, uh, like on TGI Friday, characters from one show would kind of visit the other show, and then you'd be true. like, they all lived in the same unit. Like this is the same world. They're all living in, and I love that. Thinking like, all all my characters I'm watching on TV are kind of all cohabitating in the same place, and they could uh, visit each other if they wanted. Yep. Well, technically, all Fox shows or all Fox animated shows are in the same universe because they all cross over at at some point. So, like, there's an episode where King of the Hill characters show up in The Simpsons, but then there's also an episode where The Simpsons. Uh, and Family Guy crossover, so by extension, that means King of the Hill and Family Guy exist in the same universe, and yeah, so it keeps going on from there. And then, oh, uh, there was that old commercial from like the '90s. I don't know if you remember, but there was an animated show for Silver Surfer on Fox. I think they only ever got like a 12 episode run, but uh, they had a animated series. And there's actually you can find it on YouTube. There's a like a Fox Kids commercial that shows Hank Hill talking to the Silver Circle, Sur, uh, Silver Circle, Silver Surfer, and trying to convince him to run his surfboard on propane. So that technically means that Marvel and King of the Hills exist in the same universe. I would love a world where, oh man, where King of the Hill could just. Uh... I don't know. Would they? Would you want them to have powers, or are they? Are they like shield agents, kind of non-powered side people? I want them in there somehow. I don't know how yet. I don't know. Maybe they could be shield agents, or maybe he has powers. Maybe Hank is like Iron Man or something. You know, he gets he gets trapped in a cave, but then he has to use a bunch of propane tanks to build a suit to escape. I'd watch that. I just know I want Peggy. To somehow end up as like an alien translator. And her job is to translate alien language. But she'd be do- doing it terribly. Yes. Just as good as she is at Spanish. Exactly. That would be perfect. Okay. I think we can, you know, we maybe we could start a King of the Hill podcast one of these days. But I think today we should probably just go back to uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, sounds good, since I watched two episodes of that show. Yes, me too. So as I mentioned, this is episode 28, and we are going to be covering episode 53 and episode 54. Uh, Both episodes, you know, it's like a two-parter. So like, you know, episode one, and then it's like, well, to be continued, and it goes to episode two. Um, It's like you got to watch them together. You'll you'll see exactly what I mean. It's a very Mustang-heavy uh episode pair so episode 53 is flame of vengeance first i want to point out the new intro song i don't know if i pointed out last week or not but the new intro song rain i love it it's my second favorite uh i still like period by chemistry or it's chemistry by period i keep forgetting them but 
and you know from season four but this is like my second favorite so it's great um we see the streets of central and people are kind of wondering what's happening which you know makes sense because military's all over gunshots are being fired yada 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 a man runs into a bar and tells them to turn to like the public access radio station and the bartender does so, and Mrs. Bradley is being interviewed and talking about how the military tried to have her killed. And she confirms kind of everything that we've seen up to this point, that the soldiers came up and ordered them to kill um, uh, to kill her and Mustang's men, but spare Mustang, or and all that good stuff. Uh, well, bad stuff. She mentions that, you know, her husband and Salim went to the East to... Uh, to spend some time with some of the military ex exercises and maybe the military is now using his absence as an excuse to start a coup, a coup rather. Uh, they point out that Mustang and his team were the heroes and essentially this broadcast we're seeing is being broadcast all over the country because we see like uh, Rose in Lior is listening to it and whatnot. Then halfway through this kind of radio interview, Breda walks in and tells Mrs. Bradley about the train being destroyed and how the Fuhrer is missing. So we we see one of the generals, like the senior generals, call into the radio station, um, not like on air, but he calls, I guess, the program director or whatnot and tells them to cut the broadcast. But apparently the entire radio crew is in on it and they pretend like they're being held hostage and that they've been overrun and they can't. They, they, they can't stop it and everything. Uh, but of course, they're playing along with everything and they want the story to get out because it's the, like the biggest scoop of the year. Uh, so we then have Maria Ross talk on the radio and she talks a little bit about how Mustang, uh, you know, he, he sensed that something was awry and that the military was up to no good and decided to take action you know he is essentially the hero and then denny hears maria and recognizes it so we we see denny a little bit and apparently they're going to reconnect at some point but ultimately they're positioning it as mustang is the hero and that the senior military are the villains to kind of push this through we see Ishvalans kind of wandering around the city and they're helping spread the story of the king being missing. Like they're saying, hey, yeah, we were just out into the eastern part of Amestris and we saw the the uh, we saw Bradley's uh, train being destroyed and whatnot. And yeah, the, 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 we just see everything getting spread and, and it's just it, it's being spread all over. And now like the country, like everybody in Central starting to starting to question the leadership of the senior military. The Central Soldiers are also having a hard time with the Briggs Soldiers, because apparently the Briggs Soldiers have a tank. Now we go back to the fight underground where Mustang showed up. It's kind of funny because, like, all these monsters, the mannequins are still there, but the Mustang is still, is just kind of chilling there and chatting and talking about how, how much they need him and... Uh, and he's wondering, like, what these monsters are because they keep going despite being attacked, but they don't heal. So they can't really be homunculi, but they're created by Philosopher's Stone, obviously. And then he decides, okay, well, I'll help. And then he, he essentially just uses Flame Alchemy to burn all of them simultaneously into dust. Ed is a little shaken by it, but Mustang said it needed to be done. 
Mei Chang is being chased by Envy. In last-ditch effort, she uses her Alka's Hestry to destroy the ground below them, and they both wind up falling into the room where Ed and his team are. Scar is mad that Mei didn't return to Xing, but he kind of moves on because now they have bigger things to deal with, mainly Envy. Uh, Envy, of course, whining about all this. Envy then says that he plans on killing everybody. Mustang asks him about... Uh, Mustang asks Envy, like, oh, are you Envy? And then Envy's like, oh, I'm surprised you've heard of me. Um, and from there, we see that Envy is, well, being kind of Envy where he's playful, but he's also being uh, derogatory towards people, calling them stupid, all that stuff. Uh, Envy is also kind of shocked to see that Mustang has teamed up with Scar since, you know, Mustang slaughtered all of Scar's people and Scar had been killing State Alchemist. Envy seems to want to be trying to, like, invoke them all to fight each other. Mustang is kind of tired of hearing Envy go off and just chat, so he just asks Envy point blank who killed Maze Hughes. Envy says that it was Maria Ross, but then Mustang says he knows that it wasn't Ross. So then Envy mocks him because I guess Envy doesn't realize that they didn't really kill Maria Ross. But uh, Mustang threatens to burn Envy if he doesn't give him an answer. So then Envy admits that it was him. At first, Mustang doesn't believe it because, well, he thinks Envy is an idiot and it's just way too dumb to get the drop on Maze. But then Envy shapeshifts into Mrs. Hughes and shows that this is how he was able to trick maze and ultimately kill him mustang that gets angry that he confessed but he's even more angry that he's boasting about killing it so now Ed mustang is preparing to fight and kill envy mustang tells everyone to stand down as he wants to be the one to take envy down envy tries to block the guys from leaving but mustang burns him reza tells ed to leave and head to on to father Ed is reluctant to leave him behind because he is worried about what Mustang will do. Envy then takes his like monstrous form and be, and begins to fight Mustang. However, before he even gets a chance to finish his threat, Mustang uses his alchemy to boil his eyes, and Mustang mocks him for making himself a bigger target. Envy then remembers that Mustang is the one who burnt lust to death, so he runs away, and Mustang trails him and asks Reza to stay behind. We see up a little bit ahead, Ed and the team are heading down the tunnel, and Ed talks to Scar a little bit because he's worried about Mustang. They're worried that he's going to become a monster with all of this stuff going on. As Mustang is pursuing Envy, Envy takes the form of Maze Hughes to try to, you know, trick Mustang or make Mustang pause so that he could attack but, of course, Mustang just burns Envy, and he says, hey, you know, I know for a fact Maze Hughes is dead, so the fact that you invoke his image is just, it's stupid. Uh, it makes me want to burn you more. So Envy tries to run towards Mustang, thinking that, well, maybe, you know, and he won't be able to get him. But, nope, it looks like even Mustang can do pinpoint precision attacks and is still able to burn Envy. So Envy then realizes, you know, he's he's having a hard time beating him, so all we can really do is run. So he runs away. Riza is hearing all the fighting take place, so she decides to follow and figure out what's happening. As Envy runs away, he notices that Riza is snooping around. 
So then we see Mustang wandering the tunnels and Riza appears. Mustang's about to attack Riza. Riza's about to attack Mustang. They stop each other and realize, oh, no, it's not, you know, it's not a problem. We're good to go here. And Mustang asks Riza to follow him. The episode ends with Riza pointing a gun at Mustang's head. Okay, so, yes, a lot happened. It looks like Mustang's finally getting their chance to... uh to get revenge what were your thoughts on this episode there's so much that happened in this episode uh so much we discovered uh well i feel like we always knew that envy was the one that killed hughes but i think the most important thing is that i enjoyed mrs bradley kind of doing a podcast at the beginning of this episode yeah yeah well i guess a podcast and um early Amestrian days as you young people who are listening, it was called the radio back in those days. It was, uh, it was actually, you listened through the air and it, you had these little devices. Yeah. Those were like early podcasts, but yeah, it was, it was fun seeing her on there and like everybody, everybody across the nation is tuning in because that'd be like if the vice president or not the vice president, if like the president's wife got on, it was talking about how, you know, the secretary of state or the president's cabinet was trying to form a coup or something. I mean, that's essentially what's happening here. I just love that you see her, she's talking, she's laying all this information down. She's uh, giving everyone the info and then you cut across and it's the, the host and he's interviewing her, but he looks like a podcaster. He's got these glasses on and he's got this headset on. He's kind of just, like leaning in his chair. It's, I enjoyed it. I was like, how interesting that she's doing this. And then we're going to record a show about her talking in just a minute. Yeah. And it looks like she's completely in the dark about everything that is happening. I mean, we all know that she has no idea. And they even say so much in the episode that she has no idea that Salim's a homunculus and that Bradley is a homunculus. Um, so, you know, as far as she, she, she just, I think she has no idea what the level of treachery in this country is now that she's figuring out that she was kind of expendable. And then on top of that, by them telling her that, oh, by the way, you know, Mustangs, uh, I'm not Mustangs, but uh, Bradley's uh, train blew up and we haven't found a body only kind of confirms to her that, oh man, yeah, they are, they are really trying to somebody is really trying to take over this country and then yeah it looks like they're trying to really hone in on this idea that it's the senior military and not mustang because from now everybody kind of thinks it's mustang since things are kind of peaceful and then all of a sudden mustang's men attacked yes and i love kind of the big picture um something i like i didn't even notice this i don't know if we were supposed to but how it's so well orchestrated all of this that Mustang is now using their attack and then the uh, Central attacking them back and the train being blown up as, hey, Central is trying to overthrow. Like, Bradley's been missing. Even though Bradley's the enemy, no one knows that. So them bombing his train makes people question the government, which they're trying to overthrow. So it's all falling into to perfect perfect everything's falling into place perfectly for mustang 
Yeah. I think they also are trying their best to make sure, and this is just speculation because it, it seems like they're not, they don't want people to know that Mustang is the uh, bad guy, I guess you could say. Or not Mustang's the bad guy, but that the uh, the Fuhrer is the bad guy. I guess it's because, my guess would be that if they did let people know that, then I guess it would make things difficult in the future in terms of them trying to, you know, build up trust with the nation. Because, you know, if people are like, well, if you're the Fuhrer was a bad guy, why would another Fuhrer be a bad guy? So make it look like the Fuhrer himself died and, you know, uh, all the, the real enemies are the senior military and make it easy for them to, like, change everything. I, I love it. It's like so big brain, you know, Mustang kind of using all these things. And uh, it's so well orchestrated, even though a lot of this isn't um, going as planned. You know, it's going as planned, but not like they blew up the train. I, I don't know. It's just it. It's controlled chaos. And I, I love it. It is pretty awesome. I do like that they are working on getting all this done and figuring out how to get it all done. And like, it's very strategic, like how everything just happened to play out. And then we hear Maria Ross on the radio, not say like, Hey, this is Maria Ross, former, uh, felon burned alive. Now alive escapee. She's just kind of giving this great speech about how we're, we're fighting for freedom and we're on Mustang's side. Because he's fighting for us. And, like, she's giving this great speech, and Denny hears it. Uh, her old partner, who thought she was dead for the longest time. And just him recognizing mm. her voice is. It's so amazing. It's like that moment. And you really see how great their friendship was. That this was burdening on it, burdening on him so much. And then kind of to get this relief that she is alive. Was was great. Yeah, I agree because as far as he knows, up to this point, she's dead, and now he knows that nope, she is alive and well. And you know, you saw that little hope in him. And I hope this side kind of wins him over to the Mustang side. Like Mustang actually didn't kill her, so now he can kind of be on the Mustang team. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, it'll take us a while to find that out, but I think it will ultimately wind up winning him over once he realizes she isn't dead and it was all part of some larger plan. But So we got one friend finding out that his friend he thought was dead is alive. Then we get like the flip side of it with Mustang and Envy. And oh man, I, I do not... I was just as angry. The reveal of Envy killing Hughes, which I said like we, we all knew that because no one else shapeshifts, really. But to find out that he took on the form of Hughes' wife? Oh, man. Like, what was he expecting? Like, everyone to be like, oh, that was very clever. Or every Mustang was angry. As I think, like, he definitely... What's the word I'm looking for? Envy definitely looks down upon people and thinks he's superior. So I think he I think he figured 
whatever happens to him, he will he will still have the upper hand. If that makes any sense. Like I think he realizes that. Yeah, even if uh, you know, even if I do piss off Mustang, I'm I'm stronger, I'm bigger, I'll be able to beat him up. But what, remember, it wasn't like until after Mustang started attacking him that he had this realization. Like, oh crap, no, this guy was the same one who wound up killing Lust and burning her alive, so he can do the exact same thing to me. I can understand the rage I would have. At that moment, I was watching, I was putting myself in Mustang shoes, and the revelation of this, it's, uh, oh man. And it just makes you think, like, how kind of something that happened in the beginning, that, that through line is still there, and you know, we haven't seen Mustang really mention Hughes a lot. Hughes has been mentioned here and there, but it's kind of like this promise he kept to Hughes' grave. Like, I'm going to avenge you, and I'm going to find your killer, and I'm going to bring you justice so you can have peace. And he's at this moment, and it's everything he's been holding. Because we've seen this kind of lighter side of Mustang these past couple episodes. He, he's joking around. He's running around. He's having a good time. Even before we see Envy in this uh, scene, him and Hawkeye are kind of making jokes about last time we were here, he's saying to Hawkeye, like, she was crying over him, and she banches back, like, I can't cry because water is your weakness, or you don't get too good in water. But now we see all that anger mm-hmm. being unleashed as he finds out that the tr- he hears the truth that he's kind of probably already knew all along. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I, I mean, I think he was just hunting because as far as we could tell, he, nobody had any idea who actually killed Maze Hughes because really only one person saw it happen. And that was, well, that was Hughes and Envy because he, Envy was there and did the shooting and Hughes was alone in a, in a phone booth. So nobody knows who did it. And we know Mustang's been trying to figure out, because you know Mustang, in an earlier episode, asked the Fuhrer if he killed Hughes, and he said no. And then Mustang asked, well, who did? And he said, well, I, you, I've already answered my question. So I think he figured the homunculi were probably behind it, so Envy would probably know. I don't think he knew that. I could be wrong, but I don't think he knew that Envy was the actual killer. Because remember, he was also in like disbelief when he, when Envy said, yeah, it was me. Oh, really? He's I... like, well, how can such an idiot? How can such an idiot have pulled this? Have killed my friend? Oh, I feel like I don't know. In my perspective, I feel like he knew because I always assumed that he thought it was a Maria Ross person that you know got close to him to Hughes right. because of the gun, and he even like says envy. Uh, you know, the shapeshifter or something along the lines of that, like someone who can, yeah. who can shape shit, like shapeshift. I don't know, but you know, he, he says something along those lines. So I assume, I don't know if he knew all along, but I feel like he's connecting dots slowly and it's getting to this moment. And just, uh, you know, you can hear, you can know a bad news. And then when you hear it out loud, it's just a hundred times worse than it was going to be. True. 
But at the same time, like, I think it's possible. Like, I'm not, I mean, I think he might have suspected it, but there's also, like, nobody actually saw Envy or Maria Ross shoot him. I, if I'm not mistaken, nobody actually saw it. They just have circumstantial evidence, like, she couldn't be accounted for. The bullet they found was shot from her gun, everything. So I think Mustang might have, you know, they, I don't know that Mustang necessarily put together that it was a tele, that it was a homunculus who killed uh, killed Maze Hughes, but that it was somebody who was part of the senior military who did it, and they used basically they used Maria Ross as a scapegoat to make Mustang stop digging into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just giving Mustang more credit he deserves. Yeah, it seemed like he didn't realize that it was true until Envy shapeshifted into into uh, Maze Hughes' wife, and then that made him realize, oh, yeah, because if Maze Hughes, as much as Maze loved his wife, if he all of a sudden saw his wife standing in front of him holding a gun, it would have, obviously it would have caused him to freeze, and that would have been the perfect opportunity for Envy to kill. Though, I mean, I I think Envy could have killed him as anyone. Yeah, she really got the, or he really got the jump on uh, on Hughes in that phone booth. I I really think Envy is this sick person to do this. Just, I feel like he really wanted, because he, he brings it up of, like, I wanted he wanted I don't, know, I don't know how to word this like the look on his face when he see, when he sees his wife doing that he could have turned into mustang he could have turned into like anyone else close to hughes ed al and all these people who could have been gotten close to hughes without him kind of being worried but he chose his hughes's wife which i, I just feel like all that it's a lot of betrayal going on to it. Yeah, I think that, but I also think he it's a tactic that he uses that he tries to turn into somebody that you really like to prevent you from attacking them. Because remember, when he fights... So even in this episode, when he fights Mustang, he turns into Maze Hughes, and he originally thinks that, oh, you know, if I'm Maze Hughes, surely he's not going to attack me because he's going to see me and think it's Maze and not want to hurt me, and then that'll be the perfect time for me to attack. And then a few episodes... or, or uh, well, not a few, but many episodes earlier when Ling was fighting against Envy and kind of got the drop on him, Envy transformed into Lon Fawn, and that caused Ling to kind of just stop in his tracks and give Envy the opportunity to attack. So it seems like it's just Envy's, Envy's M.O. to, like, screw with people when he feels when he feels threatened is that he transforms into somebody because he thinks if you get transformed into somebody that you care about or whatnot, he hope his hope is that it will cause you to stop in your tracks. I don't know. I still feel like Hughes was such in a a small space, is a very enclosed space. And he just learned about the homunculi like that episode. Because he's just put everything together mm-hmm. and he just got attacked by lust. He hasn't had much dealings with them, or any, I believe. But, I mean, that's right. back in the past. We This is a horrible True. present we're in where Mustang uh, is letting all this kind of 
wash over him. Yeah, and he is <laughs> relentless in this one. He's just burning them up. Or, and it'd be like he's not stopping. And, I mean, that's the only way he could really destroy them. The only other one he's destroyed is Lust. And he's kind of taking the same tactic as that. Except, I would say, this is more uh, torturing than it is kind of just burning the person. Yeah. Well, and I think this is a little different because you even see that Riza is concerned for Mustang. And then, of course, Scar and Ed are concerned for Mustang because Mustang isn't fight is not fighting out of self defense or anything. He's clearly fighting for revenge, and they're worried about him being driven. Like it sounds like they're being worried about him being driven by hate instead of like by doing good. Because of course, since Ishfall, Mustang's big thing is about protecting people and whatnot. So if he's just killing envy out of revenge and that's him going kind of against his beliefs true and so i was confused i wasn't too confused but when he goes chasing after envy because uh envy clearly knows he's out of his league against mustang and mustang's just uh too powerful you know he's gonna keep burning him so envy runs into the tunnel and mustang says to hawkeye hey you wait here I'm taking care of this. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, it's because um, he wants all this. For, he wants to avenge on his own. And like, this is his mission that he needs to complete or his journey. And then we get the end of this episode with Riza, him finding Riza, almost burning her. But luckily, he has great control. And then they're walking. He's like, you can help me. And then she points the gun at him and then i'm like oh my gosh envy's a, a shapeshifter she's envy and this is why he told her to wait in the like the main entrance so that he wouldn't get confused so i mean what a great cliffhanger yes that was a perfect cliffhanger for the episode because yeah it's like okay what's going on here she has a gun to his head What's going to happen? And yeah, and we know a shapeshifter is wandering, so anything's possible. So yeah, I think now, rather than leaving everybody hand, uh, leaving everybody hanging, let's just jump into the next episode and figure out what happens to everybody. So let's see here. We have episode 54, Beyond the Inferno. So it starts with a flashback to the Ishvalan War, or I guess you could say the end of the Ishvalan War. Riza is present, and so is Mustang, and Mustang approaches Riza. Riza is making a grave. Uh, she's making it for an Ishvalan child. Though the war is over, Riza says this this war will be in her nightmares forever. Uh, she thought she was going to join the military to be an agent of change and cause good things to happen, but in reality, she made things worse by being a soldier and participating in this genocide. And she's mad that Mustang was part of it because, you know, she trusted him with the secrets of flame alchemy and he used it to burn his fallen alive. She asked Mustang to burn her back because she has the, um, the, I guess the transmutation circle for flame alchemy tattooed on her back that her father did. And she wants it burnt off because she just feels that flame alchemy is just too dangerous 
and nobody else in the world should know it. Uh, Mustang obviously does not want to do it, but he reluctantly agrees to do so. And then we kind of fast forward to where the episode left off. Uh, Riza says that when it is just them, Mustang calls her Riza. So then Mustang, well, it's revealed that Mustang was actually Envy, and she proceeds to shoot Envy. Envy even's like, oh, I didn't even realize you guys were that close. And then Reese's like, I lied, and she keeps shooting. Envy like is able to get a scratch on her, but she continues to shoot and keep fighting on, uh, firing on him. But Envy is then able to grab onto Reese and hold her. Mustang appears and burns him, and Envy is then just getting burnt to a crisp by Mustang. Mustang just keeps snapping and sending flames and. It's just crazy, and you can you almost could tell that he's getting a some level of joy out of it. Uh, but Mustang burns Envy until all that's left is that little lizard tadpole creature of Envy's true form. Mustang points out that you know Envy means jealousy, and jealousy is ugly, so that's why Envy looks ugly in his true form. And Mustang steps on Envy and is about to burn him, and this presumably would finish him off. But Riza points her gun at Mustang and says that she will finish off Envy. Mustang is not, is really not happy about this. And they argue a bit. Then Ed arrives. He uses his alchemy to free Envy. And it kind of flings Envy out in the air. And then Ed catches him and holds on to him. Mustang asks Ed to give him Envy. And Ed refuses to give, well, it refuses to give Mustang Envy. Mustang threatens to burn Edward if he doesn't give him envy. And Edward says, fine, I'll fight. But before you do that, take a look at your face. You're turning into a monster. You're not fighting for justice. You're fighting for revenge. You're fighting out of hatred. Uh, Scar questions like Mustang. And he says, hey, I'm not going to stop you. Like far be it for me to tell somebody not to be driven by their anger. Uh, but I can't imagine what a country will look like when their leader is, you know, mass is a slave to their own anger and their own hatred. Riza then asks him not to kill Envy. Uh, he did a great job hunting it down, but he, she will take over and she will finish it. Mustang is upset because he's like, "Hey, yeah, I caught, I caught him. I this was me. I I caught him. I finally caught Maze's killer." And Mustang's just reluctant to want to let anybody finish off Envy but himself. Mustang then starts to have flashbacks to times when he and Hughes were together. And he's just torn as to what to do. And so he still wants to kill Envy. And Mustang just tells Riza to shoot him if that's what she wants to do. But then Mustang questions, what will you do after you shoot me? Riza says that once all of this is over, once the promise day is over, she will kill herself to remove the secrets of flame alchemy from the world. Mustang then releases his flame into an empty tunnel, hurting absolutely no one, except for maybe dust. He refuses to lose Riza. He refuses to let her die. Mustang is then like, kind of gets clear-headed. He realizes that he's been scolded by a child, lectured by his former enemy, and he's upset a person that matters the most to him, and he begs for her forgiveness. Envy then manages to show a little bit of his true self. Uh, he is mad that nobody is fighting. 
he's mad that they are all like you know goody goody now and they've you know they've had a heart sharing moment and all that stuff and he's trying to instigate them all to fight again you know he's trying to remind ed that scar killed the rock bells and also killed nina trying to remind scar that hawkeye and mustang killed his left and right and reminding you know mustang and hawkeye that scar was also a killer he's trying to get them all to fight and he's like this is there's no perfect time than now to fight each other they are all way past the point of kissing and making up and then that's what ed realizes why he is named envy he is jealous of humans because even though envy sees homunculi as being stronger than humans humans are definitely more resilient and when push comes to shove their loved ones will always pick them up and they will always work on growing stronger together Envy then has flashbacks to all the times that he mocks humans. He then bites Ed's finger and he is dropped. Envy is starting to upset and he's crying. And yeah, it is just, <laughs> it, 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 Envy just kind of has this huge existential crisis where he realizes that he is humiliated because Edward, a puny human, was able to see right through him and figure him out. So then Envy reaches into his mouth, pulls out his philosopher's stone from his body and destroys it ultimately ending his own life and he vanishes. So I guess he didn't want to be take. He knew he was going to die and didn't want to be taken out by weak humans. So decided to do it himself. And I guess that's the end of envy. We jump back to the sloth fight. He is healing and preparing to fight again. More soldiers arrive and they say they're there to kill Armstrong. Uh, obviously they changed their tune once they see sloth and the mannequins. Sloth is about to attack Olivier, but Alex holds him back. You know, I guess he has like a chain wrapped around his leg and Alex grabs onto the chain and holds it. This obviously upsets Sloth, so Sloth starts to beat up Alex. Olivier is not worried at all because she knows Alex has trained better than to let himself die here. Sloth inevitably winds up popping Alex's shoulder black back into place. And now that he has his shoulder back in place, he is able to beat up Sloth without issue. The soldiers raid the Armstrong estate, but see that no one is there. A tank continues to fire on Central. The soldiers say, hey, fire upon the team. Well, we haven't cleared out all of the... We haven't cleared out everybody yet. Like, we haven't cleared out civilians. I don't care. Fire on them. So soldier just wants the brig soldiers to be stopped. All of a sudden, we hear an explosion inside of Central Control, Central Command. And we see uh, we see Buccaneer come out and grab the soldier, uh, the general. It turns out that they had been sneaking in. And when they figure out how, or the general asks, well, how are you able to break in here? We now see Azumi Curtis. She used her alchemy to dig a tunnel into Central. And it's kind of funny because this is the first time she ever actually acknowledges she's an alchemist. She says, like, she says, like, normally I say I'm a housewife, but today I'm going to say I'm an alchemist. The credits start to play and we see Hohenheim walking through the tunnels and he approaches Father's throne. I think this is probably the first time they've seen each other in 400 years since the Xerxes incident. You know, uh, I guess they also have resentment towards each other because Hohenheim mentions that he is still just the flask, uh, the dwarf in the flask, and then 
father mentions that he is still slave 23 and so the episode ends on a cliffhanger what's going to happen to Hohenheim and father i guess we'll find out next episode but let's talk about this episode first it was oh it was a lot like this whole uh i found it i don't know you you kind of watch shows and you get really invested in them and then you see your characters grow and it just Sometimes it hits you, and this episode hit me. It's like, all when Envy's giving this big speech about how can you guys work together, Scar, you were trying to kill them, and they they killed your people, and then Scar killed, uh, you know, everyone. <laughs> and how Envy's like, how can you all be fine with each other? And it's just this point where it's it's them ending this cycle of kind of this revenge cycle and this hatred cycle where it, it is never ending. Uh, I, someone told this to Scar and maybe a few seasons ago that just like he's in a cycle, like he's just bringing more hate to these people who are going to hate him. And then it just goes and it's endless. And it feels like finally our characters are letting go and just kind of releasing this pain that they have and they're holding on to and it just feels uh just uh feels good to see characters that you care about being able to kind of accept what's happened to them and want to move forward yeah i think that was probably the best takeaway of the episode the whole like the whole realization mustang has about how he's being driven by anger and really like he i guess it would be a they're they're treating it as like it's a path that once he passes that or once he walks down this path of murdering not out of necessity not out of you know self-defense or anything but purely out of anger like once he crosses that path there's no going back and so they figure well he can't be a great leader if he's willing to do this terrible thing which you know to an extent i understand what they're saying like definitely it's He's, he will be, he'd be no better than the Fuhrer if he does something like that, or the current Fuhrer. And so, yeah, you have like these three people who are trying to convince him not to kill Envy, not necessarily to let him live. Like even Reza says, hey, I'll finish him off for you. They just don't want the Mustang to do it because Mustang is being driven by anger and rage, not necessity or anything positive. And it's interesting seeing all our characters... Uh, realize this in one person. You know, we got Scar, we got Ed, we got Hawkeye, and they all realize that if Mustang crosses this line, he's never going to come back. If he lets this uh, full hatred take over him, then there's no turning back. And in a sense, it's them kind of realizing that in themselves and coming to terms with that in themselves that they also need to let go of this. I, I just love this whole episode. It's just, uh, it's such a great takeaway from a, an anime that you're enjoying, that you're, you're watching. It's so entertaining and the fights are so great. And the story is so emotional and jam packed and interesting. And then every now and then you get these cool little life lessons. And I, I really enjoyed seeing our characters uh, have this takeaway and, 
Oh man, I I was there. Like last episode, I was there with Mustang and that anger. Uh I know our listeners know that Hughes is my favorite character. Though what little time we had with him, he's left such an impact on me. And to I had that anger that Mustang had last episode and I felt the pain that Mustang had this episode too cuz Hughes doesn't want to see Mustang go down this path. You know, this isn't what Hughes would want for his his friend. Exactly. He would not want Mustang to become this monster, so to speak. And then to see him kind of relent once he realized that Riza was going to kill herself if after all of this. Uh, not even because, like, out of grief over having to kill Mustang, but over just the fact that she wants to rid the world, like, rid the world of flame alchemy seeing how destructive it is and how you know it even turned a person that she respected into a monster and yeah after hearing that i think that's when mustang had the realization that he was being irrational and that made him change and then of course we have the huge envy portion where envy has like that realization that he is envy he is jealous of humans because of the relationships they can build I was, I mean, I, Envy is not a person, so I I don't feel too much sadness for Envy. I was a little relieved that Envy decided to uh, take his own life, because I, there was a point where you're watching this, you're like, Envy's making this speech about humans and how he doesn't like humans, and then it slowly kind of morphs into like, uh, humans are... Uh, unpredictable and this part where he is envious of humans and and in my mind i'm like oh please please do not be a turning point for envy and he becomes a part of our team because i he some characters you can kind of forgive but some characters you cannot forgive at all and envy i cannot forgive Yeah, and I think he was already on his last legs too, because even when he when he escaped, and Ed was upset, Scar's like he's not going to live for much longer. Because I think like I think even Envy realized that this was it for him, and he didn't. Yeah, I think he didn't want them to have the satisfaction of having killed him, so he ended his own life, kind of thing. I and there was there was a point where I was like, is he going to give them the philosopher's stone? I mean, it's barely, it's like almost out of juice, but it, it did feel like he was going to hand it to him. So I thought that maybe that was kind of a moment where he's like, I've done so much wrong. Maybe I can be redeemed. But no, you know, he did take the, like Mustang said, he, he took the coward's way out. Yep. He did. Uh, but I guess he's, I guess that's like compared to the way some of the others have died up to this point, the other homunculi, that's in a way, I guess, one of the sadder ones. Because let's see, we had Lust who was burnt to death. And that one was, like, you might think, oh, well, nobody had a problem with him burning Lust to death. But I think that was out of self-defense because Lust had already attacked, already tried to kill Mustang, tried to kill Havoc, and was about to kill Al and Riza. So he, he did away with her out of self-defense. 
But yeah, so she burned to death. Gluttony was consumed, which I guess was kind of sad as well. And then who else has we lost up to this point? Maybe that was it? Or yeah, I think that's all we've lost now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, of course, now we lose Envy, who unfortunately, I guess, gets destroys his own stone. Yeah, I mean, we lost Greed number one, who got reabsorbed. But, you know, we got Greed number two now, so. That's true. Yeah, technically he didn't die the first Greed. Oh, man. It's just, I oh, man. It's really, like, most of my notes are, I, I have very few notes for this episode because most of it is that takeaway of the Mustang fight. And it's just, it's so good. I, I feel like I say this every now and then, like, this is my favorite episode. But this episode's definitely moved up, like, in the top rankings of episodes that I, I probably would rewatch without any, without going through the whole series again. This is probably an episode that I could just watch and be like, this is such a great episode. I agree. It was definitely one of the better episodes that they've had so far. Uh, just because of the character development and the deep, like the deep things about friendship, forgiveness, moving forward, all that that happened. And then, of course, we still had some fun moments, too. Um, beyond that, of course, we had like the uh, Armstrong situation. We finally got to see a point where... Olivier respects her brother, which I liked because she was like, oh, what was it? She was, she like, he was being attacked uh, by sloth and the soldiers were up, were concerned that Alex was being attacked, but she wasn't at all. But it wasn't like, oh, I, I don't care what happens to Alex. It was more like he's trained too well. He's too strong to let himself die here. Yes. And it, it is like this other great kind of, I wouldn't say they were they were a clash during this sloth fight. It did seem like two different styles trying to merge together. Like uh, she's oil and he's water, and their styles are they're trying to accomplish the same goal, but they're just not merging right. But this moment feels like everything's just coming out perfectly in this fight. I love how she kind of she just takes control of the soldiers that come in. She's they're like, we're here to kill you. And she's like, no, you work for me now. And they just fall in line. And Alex is uh, kicking butt. I, I love kind of uh, seeing his alchemy this episode. We've seen it here and there, but really seeing him go full force is awesome. Yes, I think we, he's going full force. He's not holding back because he's fighting an immortal being. And then, of course, he 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 he's at a disadvantage for a while, but then he winds up being fine because Sloth just keeps hitting him, and then I guess the last hit winds up pushing his shoulder back into place, and yeah. And then seeing him kind of make those, like, pillars and going through Sloth, uh, I don't think he knows how to kill Sloth, or in his mind, he's not really got a plan how to kill Sloth, because Sloth just kind of keeps regenerating himself. But he knows how to slow him down, so that's what he's doing. And it's just, it's great seeing uh, this plane come together. And then we cut away to the Armstrong house, which is um, like a military kind of uh, off base that they've set up for this invasion plan. Yes, they did. They just, they like, hey, we're going to go ahead and create a... We're gonna go ahead and create a, a build a tank and whatnot in the in the uh, 
in the basement of this castle or this manor and that's what's then now we're going to have this whole military or this whole battalion ready to go and fight and then we get like the end of this episode yeah this episode is so emotional and uh so kind of gut not gut-wrenching but like you get those warm feelings in your heart seeing all your characters uh develop and grow into to better people and then we end this episode with a great character coming back who I missed for a while. Azumi is back in our in the picture, and she's like, "I'm not." She doesn't say, "I'm not a housewife." She just says, "Like I've always said, I'm a housewife, but now I'm an alchemist, and I like I, I'm excited to see this other half of Azumi now that she's kind of fully accepted the strong alchemist she is." Yep, now that she's not trying to pretend she's something she's not, now that she's um, actually leaning into the whole alchemist thing. Though I am I am a little worried for her, because it just seems like another piece of Father's plan is uh, where he needs it to be, because Azumi is another person who's seen the truth, and now she's in Central. Like All of these people who've seen the truth are kind of in the same city, in the same area, so... It's a little concerning. Yes, it is. It's almost as if it was meant to happen or something. It's just, I don't know. It's it's concerning, but I think they will. I mean, I think everything will work out, or at least that's the hope. But at the same time, it's like, oh, no, what is going to happen to everybody? I am very, I, I, I say this all the time. I'm very excited to see what's coming up. And I'm, I'm every episode. I'm like, is this the episode that everyone's going to come together? Everyone's kind of just in the same city. Uh, we have Al and oh man, who else is with him? Uh, Marco and Yoki. And now I can't remember the other Chimera's name that's with them. Oh, Heinkel. Uh, and yeah. they're all on their way. And it just, Everyone seems to kind of be so close to joining up. It's like, uh, you want this Avengers Endgame moment. It's exciting because all the people are kind of near each other. And you're like, oh, it's any minute now. They're all going to get together. So I'm really excited for them all to get together. I agree. I really want to see, like, obviously, as time progresses, they're going to get closer together. or They're going to time... Um... Like, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going, they're at some point, they're all going to wind up in the same room. Like, you could tell that it's setting that up. And it's just a matter of when is that going to happen? I mean, we're in the final season now. There's what, 11, something like that episodes left, 10 or 11 episodes left. So obviously, they're going to all team up at some point. But, you know, we're, it's, yeah, it is that buildup where we're getting closer and closer. And it's like, come on, come on, everybody, just get in the same room so we can get that Avengers endgame team up type moment yeah it's just i'm excited oh yeah i'm definitely i'm so excited for uh the next uh couple episodes and let's see where it takes us indeed do you have anything else no i feel like i've used up all my emotions this episode
Yeah, same here. That's all I've got, but I guess we'll have more next week. So, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody, as always, for listening to us, and we will catch you next week. I've been I'm Jason. Jimmy. Bye. Bye.